Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I'm Dr. Kelly Tanner. Today, I have part two with the Carrie Lepichek. Carrie, thank you so much for being back on the show. I am so excited that you had me back. It was so much fun last time. I am... I. I'm honored to be back and you're just such an amazing host and an amazing individual. So spending any time with you is really an amazing day. Oh, thank you. That warms my heart. I just, oh, yay, ooze. So I'm going to have Carrie tell her story about when she started in dentistry, some challenges and opportunities that surrounded her. Carrie, tell us about what happened when you emerged into dentistry. So if you listen to podcast one, um, I am a dental hygienist in Canada. I work in Ontario and my dad is a dentist. So carrying the weight of being the doctor's daughter has been a unique challenge, um, a unique opportunity. And it really has pushed me because one of the challenges I found is that when I immersed and I graduated school, my dad was like, hey, Back then, you actually, we're talking 20 years ago, you put ads in papers. And he's like, I'm not applying for this ad. I'm not paying to put a hygiene ad in when I know I've got a hygienist that's graduating is going to come work for me for a year. So we had an understanding that I would work for him for one year and he would teach me all I needed to know in order to go out into the world and do my own thing. And what I realized as we learn a lot in school and the academics and the education piece is huge. But there's so much more to it when you're in clinic. And so we started working together and I've never left his side in almost 22 years now. So it did work. I didn't end up leaving the country or going somewhere else. But one of the challenges I found is that when I was placed into that position is working with team members because we had an amazing team. That original team we worked with 20 years ago were amazing individuals. But it really put a spotlight on me because anytime Carrie made a mistake or this or that, they were very quick to go and refer to me as your daughter versus Carrie the hygienist. Or the other thing would be happening is in conversation, they would, you know, maybe not always include me in everything because they'd say, oh, I know he's your dad and you might not want to hear this. And I'm like, I'm an employee here. I have the same feelings about Dr. Highland as you do. If you're running into challenges, I probably am. And the other thing they would do, and it still happens to this day, is they'll say, hey, Carrie, we have this problem with Dr. Highland, or we have an an suggestion we'd like to give him. Could you present it for him, please? Because you're his daughter, and he'll take it better from you. 
So it really kind of put it into a unique situation. But from that, I learned a lot about communication and trying to fit in, but not giving up yourself. Like you, you want to fit into your team, but you want to be true to who you are. So it was a unique challenge, but one that really kind of shaped my future, I guess, in, in many ways and trying to uh, keep me entertained and to keep me real and to keep pushing myself because I always had to prove myself. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And I think that all of us, well, all of us have biases, right? We can't, it's just human. It's what we do. It's how our body and our brain processes information to say, okay, they're like me. They're not like me. This group goes here, that goes there, that color is like the other color. It's how our brain processes so quickly. And in that they created somewhat of a bias because they put you into a group of the family group. And how also, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking too, I experienced my own stuff around biases and being a female. And, you know, I think we all kind of have a story there, but being the daughter of the dentist it's it's like you can do no wrong, but then also too, you want to perform on your own merit and not feel like you, that you're given special treatment by him or the team. So how did you overcome that? Like what, what did you do as a strategy to be like, time out, this is me, I'm here for this and I'm, I'm here on my own merit. What did you do? I have always been, um, I feel like an overachiever that just naturally is who I am. So I tried to, I don't want to say kill them with kindness, but I was just trying to prove myself all the time. I would take CE, I would bring back information that uh, Dr. Highland didn't quite know. I would sit in the team meeting and say, hey, I read this or I, I found this in order for people to really understand my worth and that I wasn't just given that position. And it really took time to ensure that Anytime there was a social event that I did attend, and I would very much say, like, I'm attending on behalf of Carrie. This is not a Dr. Highland event. And interesting enough, if you spend any time with me, I will refer to my dad in many different ways. So if it's a social situation, it's usually either Jim or Dr. Highland. But when it's, um, sorry, it's either Jim, yeah, or Papa in that situation, or dad. And yet when it's in clinic, it's always Dr. Highland. So they got very used to me discussing different things. And depending on how I presented his his title, it would depend on what we were talking about or how, how that would work. So it really came down to just putting a lot of effort in. And I had a great team that ended up working there. And then from there, my dad did open a few opportunities for me as far as connected me with someone. But that connection doesn't mean that they gave you the job. You have to work twice as hard sometimes to land it and to secure it. And now the other, the, the, the tails have turned. Now I get to be like, hey, this is my dad. This is Dr. Highland. The tables are turning around now. And it's from taking those opportunities and making them uh, your own and putting that hard work in. And that's really how I've uh, managed to get into the speaking field. And, and my goal is just to really help educate hygienists, help to motivate them, have them enjoy their job. Whether that be they're in clinic, whether that be they're in education, whatever role in dental hygiene or dentistry you're bringing, I just want to bring passion and excitement back to your career. Yeah, it's, and that's what it's about. But it took you, it took you even becoming acutely aware to, to notice. Did you notice it like right off the bat that people were treating you differently or that they were excluding you from conversations? Yes. Yes. 
It very much was. And we had a really large team. We'd been a team that had been there for a long time. And I know that part of it came from worry for them. If this new girl came on and she was her daughter and he she is his daughter, is that going to affect my job? Is that going to affect the things that I want? Is she going to go back and, and run back to her family and tell them all the things that happened in the, in the staff room? Or is she going to learn to keep it kind of together? And I was young. I was 21. I didn't know anything. Like fresh out of school, plopped into the situation. Um, and so it definitely took me being aware of what was happening and learning. You know, sometimes I was great about it. Sometimes I wasn't. But, you know, as a group, we kind of all grew up together. And I think that that really did help when they realized that I wasn't just the mole in the office, I was really about trying to improve patient care and patient care always came first for me. And I think that that came out with the, with the conversations and and what I was bringing to the practice. Yeah. You had to uh, prove the, you had to earn the trust probably of that because I'm sitting here thinking too, I mean, I think that we have all been in the situation where the new person comes in or there's a wife working in the practice or whatever it is. And obviously, your best interest is for your dad's success and then his for yours. And I think as it, what it comes down to as the motivation of that is that everyone wants to feel safe. Like they wanted to feel safe in their positions and what they were doing and what they could say. You wanted to feel safe in being who you were and being able to be like, look, guys, I'm just trying to learn here. Come on, you know, let it go. And so it comes down to almost like that Maslow's hierarchy of need of that safety first, because they wanted to know who you really were, who's kind of almost whose side you were on. Absolutely. And that's where I never was the team lead when my dad ran the practice. He had other hygienists that had been there for, you know, had been working literally with him for 35 years and in his lifetime. And so there was a group of us, um, but I definitely was the voice and they realized they could utilize me. And I didn't find that that was a problem in some ways because it really gelled me with the team because they knew that it was a safe space. We'd have a conversation and, and then we would present the stuff. So it really was a very fascinating experience. But the other thing is patient's perception was also something I had to challenge, whether you're the doctor's wife, the, the hygienist, you know, any way that way, the mother of the doctor, there's so many, or father of the doctor, there's so many different roles now, the husband, um, you know, dealing with patient's perception. I also didn't really want them to know right away, usually, that I was his daughter because I wanted them to like me for being Carrie the hygienist. And it was a side note is how I usually would put it in is say, hey, oh, by the way, I'm going to go grab Dr. Highland. And if you haven't noticed, um, you know, I am I am the new girl, but I'm also his daughter. So I know he's going to probably mention that to you, but I just thought I would tell you. And then I would leave the room because I didn't want their first impression to be like, oh, I've got the doctor's daughter and this is this is she has her job only because of him. And it really changed the relationship. And uh, it was really fascinating to overcome some of the objections of, of people and patients they'd have that way as well. Yeah, I didn't even think about it from, from that standpoint. Oh, wow. Um, do you feel like that? Did your did your dad ever kind of like level set with the team and say, listen, this can't, you know, you need to treat her like she's a, 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 a nor- not a normal person, <laughs> But, but a person who's not related to me and this is how it needs to be. Did he ever do that? He did. He also had an office manager that dealt with most of the politics. So he was almost once removed in a positive way. So often I would go to her and say, listen, like I go in the team room. Sometimes it's quiet. I know it's, and this was only in the initial stages. It was like, I know that they're talking about something and they're worried about me overhearing. 
that that upsets me. And so we would work with the office manager that way. And then collectively it did, it did sort of work out. And, and just as you said, it, I was really looking after the betterment of the practice and the betterment of the hygiene department. And if anything, having a team member that's a family can be an asset because I saw the hygiene department from a very early on as a business side. That's something that a lot of hygienists don't see, right? And we hear that it's like the numbers and the production. Well, those are things that from a very young age, I learned to monitor and I learned to understand why it is or what some of the, the holdups were if we had so many openings or why maybe we would interject and in, involve new treatments and therapies. Um, and it really kind of gave me a different insight into dental hygiene and the business side of it very early on. Oh, that's, that's a great point. So looking back, uh, talking to your, to your younger self, younger and as a professional, what, what would you say is good advice of how to handle a situation like that? Like where do you, where do you even start and start to unwrap this? I would say, stay confident in yourself because some days are definitely harder um, than others and sort of stay true to your confidence and learn compromise because I had to go in a lot of times with this is what I wanted and this is maybe where we ended. And I would always find that there was a little bit more compromise I felt like on my side because I wanted to ensure that everybody was heard and it wasn't just Carrie's opinion had to take place and Carrie's opinion had to be uh, the final decision. So compromise would be one and just staying true to who you are. Okay. Do you? Yeah. And it sounds so easy. <laughs> it's, not. It's, it's, and whether, like I said, whether you're the hygienist um, or the daughter, the, the, the wife, the husband, the mother, the father, like there's so much family now that is involved because it's really a business. It's trying to get that business going. And so many people have different assets, but um, it really is. It really is about trying to stay true to who you are and make sure you're happy. Not all family members can work together. Right. And so we have a success story. Some days were better than others. Some months were better than others. Okay. But you know what? If it doesn't work, it's okay to also say, I think it's better that I go work somewhere else and I want to try this opportunity. And that's okay because you also want to make sure at the end of the day, in all hopes that you can stay family and family can come first. And sometimes that means that you can't always work together. Right. Yeah. Was there a turning point that you remember that things just, where there was like an event or a few events where it was like, okay, I, I know that Carrie is with us and with us as a team. Was there an event that happened like that? Or was it just sort of like a period of time that it occurred over? I feel like we did a lot of CE events as a team. We would go to a lot of uh, hands-on courses. We'd go overnight. We would do all these different team building events. And I feel like that first team building event where Dr. Highland was not included, it was just me and the girls. They also got to see me in a very different light because they'd also, a lot of these team members had seen me grow up. So they saw me from the time I was literally born all the way to now working with them. So there was so much that stereotypical or maybe dad would go in and say different things about what was happening at home. They had all that background and that's normal, right? And so it was really those team building events where we would go and we would enjoy, we would do spa days usually by hitting uh, certain numbers and having a great year. We would go to the spa for a day or two and it was literally full day spa, hang out, enjoy, have some nice luxury. And it was those events that really transitioned the relationship and really gelled us together. 
And a big thing that we did is we all figured out what people's strengths were. So certain people were stronger in this and stronger in that. And so we all got to figure out what our part of the puzzle was because we needed it all together. And we need every kind of personality in a team to really catapult and move forward. So I think it was those team building events that I think are hard to fit in being a mom, being a wife, being a spouse, working full time. But those things make a difference in your office. And if you're trying to find happiness in your team, spend some time with them outside of dentistry. and You might find a common ground that will bring you peace or excitement when you get into the practice. Ah, that's such good advice that because um, it creates the usness, I think, too, of the team. And it's it it removes you from that dyad of being family and it starts to create that safe space around that new group. You know, you're because as it I'm sitting here thinking about theory and my, my brain just goes there sometimes, but there's like in group and there's out groups, right? And for that, in that particular instance, for a while, you were kind of like in the middle, right? They wanted to, they probably really wanted that safety with you, but they were trying to navigate that themselves. So I'm wondering too, if it's a conversation, if you're experiencing this to the listeners, if you're experiencing this in the office, would it just work to diffuse it and say, listen, I know in the past, you guys have seen me grow up. I know that you guys know me as this, but I'm really trying to be this. And I'm just level setting to say, I am not who you think I am in this situation. Yeah. Did you ever do that? I did. Not in that I was, if you met me 20 years ago, and I was actually in an office yesterday, uh, teaching about microbiology and salivary diagnostics. And one of my team, one of the girls that was in my school was there. And she's like, you never answered questions. Like, if you met me years ago, I had almost no voice. I was very quiet, very shy, a little bit more introverted, very insecure. And I think that if you can stay true to who you are, and you can do that, it will make it will make a difference. Yeah. I could see that. I and I because I'm um, speaking on a keynote about unconscious bias at Florida Dental Convention in a few weeks, and all of this is just true. It, it's it's around us every every single conversation we have, everything that we're everything that we do, every uh, judgment that we're making, and so I can't help but thinking that this is a part of it. So I'm so glad that you moved past that because I think even now, you know, it's that piece of us being aware of when, of recognizing when it's happening, if we can, and to have that safe space to say to the team, to say to the other person, whatever that is to say, listen, if I can, can I talk to you? And I'm, because I'm going to say some things I'm just noticing that I I really want us to move forward, but um, I I just want to make sure it's a safe space and a space. And now's the time to talk about that. I need about 30 minutes and to create that bubble. And what I always love to use the, the question of, can I offer you a ladder? Oh, that's a good way to go about it. Because the ladder is, you know, if you're offering, you can go up. John Maxwell talks about if you're moving up the ladder, you know, you have to bring other people with you. You can't just be on the ladder by yourself. It takes other people. And so when you offer another person a ladder, it's like saying, Hey, I'm noticing this. And um, I, I really am. My heart is that I want to elevate you and noticing this and for you to make that awareness, make space for that awareness. So when you ask that question to say, can I offer you a ladder? It's about first saying, okay, do I have permission? And then the space is created and then they know that you're really behind them and have that security. 
I think that that's the most important thing is to have these safe spaces and to be strong enough or try to find the right words and however it is that that comes out to have those conversations with people because once they know that you're in it for for the betterment of the team and the betterment of the patients those sort of defenses and the worry for their end seems to drop down and then you can really enjoy your your environment for sure absolutely and that's the same i mean when you compare it to excuse the um the analogy, but to dating, that's kind of how it is when you kind of learn how to be your authentic self and it's the other person is open to experiencing that as well, because it's, it's not just you or me doing it. It's all the walls dropping from, from blind spots that people don't realize that they have past triggers, (laughs) all of the filters that they have in place. Yes, exactly. And a lot of their insecurities. As I've gotten older, I've realized that people's responses to situations or things that I've said that I don't think should be triggering, there's a lot of background that happens. And sometimes their response is not because of me. It's because of their own personal bias, their own personal experience. And that's only something that Carrie 20 years later now is able to recognize after the situation. It's like, wait a minute, I don't think that was me. They they, um, you know, projected some of their uncomfortableness. They projected some of their their bias, some of their worry onto me. And don't take ownership of that. Just figure out how to have that conversation and accept what they have to say and offer them that opportunity to build and go up the ladder together. Because that's really what we're trying to do is to work together. Yes, absolutely. Because it's when people say something to you or respond in a certain way, oh, I love what you said there about it not being about you. It's it's usually about their their hurt, some of their wounding and and all of that. But if you don't understand, don't think that you know why. Like question your assumptions about why that's going on. And perhaps it would be helpful to say, help me understand because I'm I really want to understand. Tell me more about what you're experiencing and what you're saying. And I have found with working in team dynamics, again, going back to those social situations, having lunch together in a team room, having those sorts of times where we can really connect um, has really helped us kind of move together and understand everyone's, um, what everyone's going through. Because we come in, we put all of our stuff supposedly at the door and we move forward, but that doesn't always really happen in, in life. And so those are some of the things that I definitely have overcome. And then from that, it really has ignited this passion of wanting to help people and wanting to um, encourage excitement in life because I love all things dentistry. I feel like it's my hobby. It's my, it's my job. It's my passion. And um, we talked last day about saying yes and trying different opportunities. And sometimes, you know, that's really what it is. It's about just saying yes to trying a new software or a new program or a new perio program or understanding it and not just getting stuck in your ways and just sort of doing the same thing every day because you've always done it because that's your comfort zone. The best way to get to get better and to improve and bring excitement back is to sometimes try something different. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's when you mentioned going into an office and introducing certain technology techniques, and it's you become acutely aware of this when you're a consultant as well, because there are biases there of, of why are they trying to redo everything I'm doing? Am I not good enough? And so it takes a while too to establish that trust. So it's so good that you learned some of these some of these ways of thinking and communicating so you can better connect because 
you know, as much as we want to be intentional about the way that, that we are connecting, you know, and that outward signal that we're sending that beacon of, Hey, you can trust me. It's about the actions that you that we all follow through on that tell the story about who we are. It really is. And you're absolutely right. I think all of these early challenges or obstacles or my hills and my valleys that I went through in my early years, and I still have them now. We just, you know, they're just look different, but being able to connect and get into the consulting and do some of that stuff has really, um, those early, uh, things that I went through have definitely helped me with the relationship, with the communication, with the understanding and bringing forth that we're really just trying to better the practice. That is really why consultants are in. And when people bring consultants in or bring programs, they're just, they're not saying you're not doing a good enough job. They're just trying to make your job easier or have a different um, opportunity and a different way to have excitement. And, you know, there is nothing better out there than getting people from unhealthy to healthy. That is like, I want to stand at the top mountain and be like, yay, we did it again. This is awesome. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with that. And that's why involving consultants, involving some different techniques and tools and um, opportunities in your practice can really help you. Um, It really will. And that's that's really, as we talked last day, that's how I got into the role that I'm in. Or Vital came into our, our lap and Dr. Highland said, hey, Carrie, you're going to do this. And that's sort of how my journey started in this whole section was just trying something new. Because you were that, you're that lifelong learner too, where you're eager and you're curious. And I love that you said that about, um, about bringing that in and, and kind of giving that hurrah around, yay, we did it again. And it, it's almost like, bring the CE to you. It's an immersive experience because you'll go and you'll see a speaker and it's like, okay, that sounds cool in theory, but how do we make this work in our practice? And so it's nice when you have someone hip to hip with you to say, okay, now here's where you do it. Here's the coding. Here's what the notes look like. Here's the conversation around it. Here's all the things, like all the things. And, and, And in that too, I know this is like a whole other topic that we could talk about, but in that too, it's breaking down the barriers to themselves to bring it up to existing patients in the practice. I think that can be such a challenge for them. It can. And I feel like when we, like you or myself or any consultant or any, um, you know, person that's coming with any sort of technology or education, it makes the dentist and the hygiene team, they almost have a bit defensive because they're like, okay, she's going to see all the things I'm not doing instead of focusing on their strengths. And there are reasons that some things are more of an obstacle. And that's what people like you and I are there for is to help them, to help them figure out how do we overcome that conversation? How do we have those tough um tough chats with our patients or our colleagues so we can then better our patients overall. And that's really what it's about. It is. And so I think, you know, going into that and saying we're all here for the same reason and it it, kind of just comes all around back to your original point of you were this person who they thought you were in the practice. And then now here you are fast forward a few years Yes. You know, just a few, just a few years. And here you are, this person and the practice again, this person. And I, I guess this is a lesson to say all the things that happen to us are for us and they're truly gifts. Would you agree with that? They really are. And you don't understand some of those mountains that you're climbing until after the fact. And you're like, wait a minute, 
I thought my journey was going to be over here and now it's this direction. And, you know, they are hard. I've had to make some really hard decisions on which offices I'm going to work for, which offices I'm going to leave, reasons why I'm leaving and all the rest. But they really do make you a better person and they bring you to where you're supposed to be. I really feel like those are the gifts that are that are there. The opportunities are, are endless. And I think it's mindset. We've talked about that a little bit before. It's all about the mindset you want to, you know, it seems funny to say, do you have a vision board? Do you write down your goals? Do you have those things? Because if you don't, it can be something so small. It doesn't even have to be dentistry related. But if you start thinking about that, you start to manifest it. And then these things do come and start to show up in funny ways and in different opportunities. So I think that that's a big aspect as well. Early on, I learned um, from, we used to go to um, the uh, dental boot camp many, many moons ago. And, you know, going to a lot of those seminars, we learned about the goals. We learned about writing them down and manifestation and the thought process. And in those challenging times, really try to focus on where it is that you want to go when you hit that speed bump. Maybe that speed bump was meant there for a reason to either make you pause or make you kind of see which which angle and which direction you want to go in now. Yeah, and it was a speed bump. It wasn't a it wasn't a dead end. It wasn't like this road is closed. It's like here's your detour. Yeah. And you you just have to kind of go around it and um and I was listening to something yesterday and, and, it, and it's like you already know it, but when someone else sometimes says it in a certain way, you attract who you are. And so if you are a person who has experienced this and has overcome it, then you're probably attracting people or individuals or opportunities that are going to help you help them as well. So it's a, it is that law of attraction energy. And it's like you're subconsciously seeking those opportunities too. So they come to you. It, it's a, this life is so amazing, isn't it? It is. If, and it's, it's fun when you start to kind of put these pieces together or you sit back and you look backwards and you're like, wait a minute, how did I end up here? Wait, it was this connection to this connection and what you do and how you interact. And that's why live CE and opportunities or working in um, doing a lot of um, groups up here, instead of doing live CE, we're doing like Zoom chat rooms. It's like, join those and ask those questions, have that interaction with other colleagues to help you move your profession, get excited to do the difference. Cause you just don't know where you're going to end up or how you're going to end up in the future. Um, but we just want you to, you know, be happy. Really. We want you to find happiness and to ultimately change your patients' lives. Yeah. I love that. And that's why we're here, right? That's why that's what keeps us going and drives, I think our passions Gary, I knew I knew this was going to be so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your, your journey. Thanks for having me. Honestly, um, I look forward to seeing you soon at Under One Roof, which is yes, yes. yes. Um, and for everyone, Carrie's contact information and how you can get in touch with her are in her show notes. And Carrie, thanks again. We will see you soon in person. She'll yeah. be at Under One Roof, and. For all the listeners, please do me a favor, as I always ask, to go on to Apple and give us how many stars, Gary? Five. Five stars. And then go over to YouTube, like, subscribe, and share with all the people that you love in your life. Thanks for everything that everyone does every day to help our communities, help your patients be well.